Hi everyone, this is Saloni and welcome to another episode of Unheard with Saloni, a podcast where inspiration meets practical advice from women who are striving and thriving in Nepal and outside. I met today's guest for the first time 10 years ago while working at the India large customer sales team at Google. It was my first year there and the same for her. She had just joined Google. We bonded over both of us being from Nepal. Dipshika Garg has a doctorate in engineering. Over the span of her career, she has worked in engineering, investment advisory, sales, and today strategy for Google search. Someone once called her a polymath and I couldn't agree more. She's someone who I look up to and I'm glad to call a friend. Welcome to the show, Dipshika. Thank you so much. And I should start with apologizing for the delay. I've tried procrastinating you, as much as possible, but yet you got me. I was planning on doing it over Zoom and now I have you here in person. So this is even better. The yes, it was worth it. It's a great studio. Like I've never spoken on, on a mic like this before. So it feels great. Thank you so much. Starting with the first question that I ask most of my guests. Uh, do you have a daily morning ritual or an evening ritual? Uh, let me think about it, right? Uh, I, I I should say I've thought about it and I know I have a ritual and that's my, my breakfast. So every day I start my day pretty early because I have a son who goes to school and I start work around 8 o'clock. So I have to finish everything before 8 o'clock. And, and as you know, I work at Google that gives me breakfast. So my breakfast time is my time. I don't like sharing my breakfast with anybody. I want to sit by myself, get a cup of coffee, and plan the day. It's worked for me. And I think even during COVID, I, I kept that ritual. I would take a shower, get my breakfast, and think through the day. And that would be a great, uh, what do you call a shift between a home me and a work me, right? Though you're mm. home and you're doing everything at home, that breakfast was a real cutoff for me. Like, okay, you're leaving your home self and going to a working self. So yes, I think my... My one thing that stayed with me is breakfast time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned and we've mentioned it in the intro as well that you're working at Google, but just talking about how you got there, right? You started with, uh, you did your engineering at yes. Kathmandu University. And uh, what was your first job after that? I, I studied in Kathmandu University and even before the, I mean, I, I was a good student, so mm-hmm. even before the results were out, the, the university asked if I wanted to teach. And I think I was lazy enough to accept it without thinking that I have to, like, if I take the job, I don't have to look for a job, so I just took it. And that, I think, was my first job. I used to teach, uh, I, I'm i trying to think, I think I used to teach microprocessors and Digital Logic 101, two different classes to two different years of students. And... It was interesting because in the class, the students would call me Deepshika and not like the, as, as is customary here to call everybody ma'am and sir. I mm-hmm. wouldn't get that, that respect slash designation. But since I just passed out a year before them or two years before them, they would just like, Deepshika, can you repeat that one more time? I was mm-hmm. like, I will repeat, but is it okay if they call me Deepshika? <laughs> but yeah, that was my first job. So from there, right, from teaching at KU to working on the strategy team at Google, it's been a long journey. Indeed. Yeah. And um, after KU, you won, You were in Japan. You did your 
masters as well as your phd there right we were talking about it you said you presented your dissertation in japanese i did how was the journey there right because i think you were in kathmandu for all your life till your undergrad yes i and was and masters was the first time when you went to a non english speaking country as well as to study <laughs> like how did all that happen uh i mean as you must have known i don't plan much uh i finished college undergrad at KU and then i started teaching and there was someone told me that oh japanese government has opened a scholarship uh we should apply i applied i think i got it and i reached japan and as any other i mean i shouldn't say any other but i i thought i'm going to a very developed country everything would be in english I studied in an English medium school through my life so I expected all developed countries to have that option and I thought I'm going for that but I reached there and realized that in Japan you do everything in Japanese and that was the first I don't know culture shock or the reality check for me when I reached there and my professor had had no idea I didn't speak Japanese and I had no idea he didn't speak English so yeah I I just ended up in Japan through a scholarship program called a Momboshu scholarship which came in at that time Gorkha Patra mm. I don't know if if people still read Gorkha Patra in I my I just for tenders I mean I I have never even seen a Gorkha Patra in my whole life No I we get we used to get Gorkha Patra every day at home we still get the Kathmandu Post and I think one more newspaper but yeah I pick up the Kathmandu Post but it was on in Gorkha Patra I think I I applied through that and then I got selected and I went to Japan. pen uh, starting with masters i went only for masters i mm. finished my masters and my professor said why don't you continue do your phd it was a not an easy decision to continue staying there but i was i was settled in my research and when you're when you're settled in your research it's simpler to keep doing it versus starting over again I kept getting the scholarship and I thought it just made sense to do it. Of mm-hmm. course my mom wasn't very happy because I was c- continuing to study beyond a certain age. But yeah, I finished it all the way through my mm-hmm. PhD. Mm-hmm. And then from Japan you moved to the US. Yes, after I finished in Japan, I I I mean my research was good enough. My professor was very well connected in the industry and Japan has a very strong uh, pl- industry placement program and multiple companies were offering me jobs and I said okay I'll take the company that gives me a US position and Kyocera was the first one to do it so I took a position with Kyocera in San Jose so that mm-hmm. that's the first time I landed in Silicon Valley and that's where I I worked it was like a highly confidential te- technology research that Kyocera was working on along with a few other partners in in the US mm-hmm. in in the wireless communication space How has the Silicon Valley changed from then to now since you're still there in the Bay Area? Yes, I that was my first stint at the Silicon Valley. Stayed there for a very short time. I was very young, partying, happy. But then this time around I went. It I went as a mom. I went with a lot of uh, work ex with me. I went to Google. So yeah, it's been different. I think the biggest change is the real estate price, but besides <laughs> yeah, besides that I think things every every city, every every place keeps evolving and i think silicon valley has also evolved the only constant i think is the is the tech curve of that space always mm-hmm. stays high and unless you're very up to date it's difficult to have conversations with any random person you might bump into so mm-hmm. yeah that's the only thing there yeah. 
So you are in the technology industry, right? You are at the strategy team for Google search, which is like right up there, right? Um, what does it take to be a successful woman in tech? Okay, two things. I don't think it's right up there. It is indeed the strategy team at Google, but yeah, it's a, it's a large team. There are there are more people. Yeah, but the team the itself, right? Like anyone, right? That's the first thing you open Google search. It does, yeah. It does impact a large number of people around the world. Whenever we think about any kind of change or anything new, we can't think of a small demo or a, or a geography, but we have to think of like the large number which runs in billions of people. So yeah, that's that's the extent. Now, the question I think is like, what does it take? take for anyone? You know, like there are a lot more women today in the tech industry compared to what it was probably, you know, when yeah. you joined early on. <laughs> but uh, just in general, if there are women listening today who also gradually want to be working at bigger tech companies or, you know, someone who wants to have like a curve like you, what do you think has worked out for you uh, that could be helpful for other people as well. I think the only thing that I I can say about myself, I don't know others, is hard work. Mm -hmm. I'm I really work hard. Like I I remember in Kathmandu University we had a we had a poll, right? Like mm -hmm. colleges have polls on like what 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 the best best looking girl, the best looking boy. I was voted the most hardworking person in the in the in the class. So yeah, I think I I work really hard. Uh, I don't always know what what it is, but my professor in Japan used to say, uh, you need to know what you know and you need to know what you don't know. And mm -hmm. once you know what you don't know, you improve on it. So yeah, I think hard work's the only thing that's worked for me. Uh, I have a son, mm -hmm. 12, and he tells me, I think you're more hardworking than smart. I think he's correct. Mm -hmm. I wish it was the other way around, but yeah, I really, I really have to work hard for everything that I need to do. Okay, hard work. A lot of people in the podcast have mentioned that like, that has been the key. And even in terms of, um, you know, when people walk into the room, they're like, oh, I might not be the smartest person, but I come and I'm the most prepared person in the room. And that really <laughs> helps me. Yeah, true. I think it's not, it's it's about being prepared, but it's also about being being willing to take that additional, additional effort, additional responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I... I am an, I'm in the tech industry, but today I don't work as an engineer, right? Mm -hmm. I have a background in engineering. I did bachelor's, master's, and my degree in the, the PhD degree also says doctor of engineering. So I have a lot of engineering in me, but I do strategy today. Uh, most strategists in the team are MBAs, mm -hmm. and given that it's search at Google, it's it's Harvard's and MIT's and Kellogg's and Wharton's. But yeah, I don't have an MBA, but I I think I do pretty well there, and I am I I. I survive. Uh, there's a difference between survive and thrive. I don't know where where I fall, but mm -hmm. yeah, I I am I'm doing okay there. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's the willingness to take the extra effort, right? Mm -hmm. There, like I I remember as a student, my mom used to say, "It's enough. You've studied enough. You can call it a day." Mm -hmm. I I hope I can say that to my son one day. I've always have to ask him, like, "Have you finished your homework? Please study." And I'm I'm one of those who who give all in mm -hmm. and even today now like I 
I have to write something or make make slides or presentations of a summary. I make it, I relook at it, and then I again relook at it. I mean, it's it's ninety percent there, but I always try to get from ninety to ninety three, and that mm-hmm. getting to ninety takes what a t- takes time, but getting from ninety to ninety three is a lot more time, mm-hmm. right? Because you've already got to ninety three. So yeah. I'm hardworking and I don't know how much I've been saying that a while. I don't want to be like over talking about myself, mm-hmm. but I think that's one trait I acknowledge about myself. When I thought of doing this podcast, I was thinking I met you back in 2013. You did. Yes, right? we did. That's when we were both at Google and it's been 10 years since then. Yes. Yeah, 10 yeah, amazing years. To, yeah, my time to ask, like, what, what, what made you leave Google? Like oh, we, you... will, we will come back to that. <laughs> but moving on, you know, because it's, it's been 10 years and you've moved teams. Yes, right? I have. You, we started at the India LCS and now you're at uh, Google Search. So I know you move teams, products, countries. How do you continue to grow at Google and still find, the, find roles that are challenging enough for you? Con- continue to grow is is relative, right? It's mm-hmm. up to you how you define that. For me, I need to enjoy the role. I need to like working with the team that I work with. And I I, I personally need to feel the impact that I'm having, right? Uh, the impact is not always visible, but, but in a product like Google Search, like very small things that you do impacts like billions of people out there that are using that's Google. Mind-boggling. Yeah, it's mind-boggling. So yeah, that that's what keeps me at Google, right? Like the scale is immense and huge. So yeah, uh, every every change, like I landed up in Google and then it, it was fun for a while. It was great. And then after a point, you start thinking Google is large enough. What else can I do? And mm-hmm. then you find another role in another team and and it's it's not easy, right? You know the company, but it's still a different team and it's still a different product. So the whole application process is the same. Mm-hmm. And I, at one point, I had a manager, and I think you know him as well, Rachit, right? He yeah. used to say, can you get rehired into your role? If you cannot get, get rehired into your role, it means that you need to improve your skills. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think keep, keeping trying to keep changing roles helped me get that assurance that yes I I can get rehired at Google and I can continue to work Mm -hmm. but yeah the impact is great like the impact I can have is great I don't know what to Mm -hmm. what extent I've had but the impact the potential of an impact is important the type of people you work with is important right like Mm -hmm. I've worked with like there are like every every meeting is it's I mean I'm I'm struggling with word here, but we are working with the greatest minds in the world, right? You can't go into the room thinking that, oh, yes, I I topped university, so I'm the best here. But yeah, everybody is a super achiever there. So it it brings the modesty out out from you. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're working with really smart people. So you you have this knowledge that you got to stay up to date. You have great minds to work with. And Mm -hmm. you all have the same objective of improving the product you're working on. So, yeah. I think that's that what that's what keeps me at Google. Mm, that's very nicely put. Even the fact of you know you're saying you constantly have to think, will I get rehired? Yes, that's right, <laughs> and that's a very good way to measure it. You have a 12 year old son, work in a very senior position. How do you manage work, family life? How do you manage things? Uh, I have a 12 year old son, so I I already have a system in place, right? So he's he's done. Let's 12. talk about the system. Yeah, I think it's 
it's about putting putting things in place, right? Like if I I don't try to do everything, I don't try to achieve everything. Uh, I I make sure everything happens. Sometimes they happen the best. Sometimes they're not the best, right? My son plays uh, cricket. Uh, he he needs new gloves. We don't have new gloves yet because I haven't had the time to go get them, right? And it's a compromise we both have made, and we're fine with it. He needs to go to school every day, and he needs to pick up from school every day. That happens for sure, mm-hmm. right? I have a carpool system in place. Uh, three kids go together. One of the parents drop, and one of the parents pick up. But my turn comes three week every three weeks to drop, and every three weeks to pick up. Mm-hmm. And you build up a network or a support system. Um, I mean, I think if I were here, it would be a support system of family and friends. There, it's mostly a support system of friends, where on a certain day I had to pick up my son at three, and then I was called into a meeting with. With, with the VP at search, right? I do want to go to that meeting. I mean, I have the option. Working at Google, I do have the option to say that I have to go pick up my son and I won't be able to take the meeting. I need a reschedule, but I didn't want to take the meeting. So I called the other, other two families and asked, I have a meeting today at three. Can you please pick up? I called once. I got, I mean, everybody's busy in the in the middle of the day, right? They were both busy. They didn't take the call. I left messages. They still didn't respond. And then I was like, what next? And then I waited. And then I was like ready in my car. And I thought I'm going to still call and check. And I called and then s- someone picked up. And they were like, sure, I can pick up. And it worked out, right? I, I left the car, went back to the room, did a 3 o'clock meeting. 3.30, I was done. And then everything's fine. So, yeah, you just got to try you got to put a system in place, and then whenever something is different from the usual, you figure mm. out. Mm. But are there times when you face mom guilt? And if yes, what do you tell yourself then? Like, how do you talk yourself out of it? Mom guilt is very real. Mm. <laughs> it, it exists all the time at multiple levels. Just just today, I'm on holiday here. I'm, I'm with my parents. You know, I've been yeah. meeting friends. I studied all my life in Kathmandu. Not all my life, but a lot of my life. So I have lots of friends here. And my son told me this, this afternoon, are you ignoring me? And that's mom guilt, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not ignoring him, but maybe I'm giving more time to my parents because mm-hmm. I'm me- meeting them for a short while. I want to make sure, like, I don't miss out on meeting any of my friends. So I, anytime someone's available, I try to go because mm-hmm. I'm on holiday, they're not. So I need to adjust to their timelines. And getting that question was a bit, bit tough for me. I did not know how to handle, like, if I can't give him time during my holiday, when mm-hmm. will I give him time, right? It mm-hmm. was huge mom guilt. And mm-hmm. then it, it took a conversation. I, it was like, he's 12, so we can have conversations. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about the U.S. is kids are taught to have a conversation. Like a growing up, having a conversation was not a thing for me. Mm-hmm. But having a conversation is a thing for him mm-hmm. and, uh, and me. Mm-hmm. So we sat together. And I was like, why do you think I'm ignoring him? He was like, yeah, but whenever I'm talking to you and you start talking to your mom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's because I'm here for like three more days. And mm-hmm. then he's like, yeah, I understand. Okay, you can ignore me for three more days. Mm-hmm. So I think the conversations help. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you just deal with the guilt. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just tell yourself you're doing the best you can mm-hmm. so it's it's all good so you've had a long career where you know you started from engineering moved to investing advisory sales strategy i was just wondering 
you know, while doing all these jobs, at any point did you think, oh, you know, maybe I should start something of my own? You're in the Silicon Valley. It's full of entrepreneurs, right? There are ideas everywhere, people looking at doing things. What about you? Did you at any time think, oh, you know, just wondering? Uh, honestly, I think I tried. I, I shouldn't say tried, but the thought comes every day. Mm-hmm. Like after Kathmandu University, there was a time when when IT was becoming big and then we were thinking, should I should we start up? I think there was some some buzz there and we tried and I was part of a group, but I was not so into it. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't as dedicated as I should have been and then I left for Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, after after that, I think after working in US for a short while, I came to India and at that point, I used to do investment advisory for VC funds trying to invest in India. Mm-hmm. And that was a phase where I actually used to maintain a black book with lots of new ideas. Mm-hmm. And then I met an investor who said, every idea is worth a dollar. Mm-hmm. Execution makes it a million or a billion. Mm-hmm. And and that was a reality check for me. I thought mm-hmm. having ideas was, was, was a good thing, mm-hmm. but I realized that idea is just worth a dollar. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to execute. Mm. So, yeah, I I mean, as much as I would like to, I don't know if I have the aptitude or the skill set to be able to execute on my own. Mm-hmm. Living in Silicon Valley, there's always this thought of like, should we should you start something? But I think if I ever do it, it would be a stepwise approach of leaving a well-established large company like Google mm-hmm. and going and working in a startup mm-hmm. and understanding the space before like trying to jump completely from like Google into my yeah. Yeah. Um, Any investment in terms of time or money, anything uh, that you made in the last six months that just changed your life for the better? I, I don't know, change my life, but I'm hoping for, <laughs> for change in life. And the investment is I've started reading again. Like for okay. a really long time, I did not read. And I my excuse to myself was I'm a working mom. I have a tough job. How can I find time to read? But then over over the years, I mean, I've, I know that everybody reads. There is recommendations. I don't have to read everything out there. I can find the right one or the one that most people are recommending or the or the one that I might want to read. I typically read... I don't know if it's self-help or like books, book that talks about like traits and what you can mm-hmm. do, like Atomic Habits is one of the books. There is a book called Range. Mm-hmm. So I, the investment I make is I buy the book even when I don't have the time because I want to have the book when I have the time. I don't want not having the book to be an excuse not to read. Mm-hmm. So I, I keep the book with me and I try to read. Uh, I think it's one of the books. I think it's Atomic Habit that says read 10 pages a day mm-hmm. and you finish a 300-page book in 30 days. Mm-hmm. And that's Is that what you've been trying? I've been trying. I mean, oh, this holiday has not been the ideal in terms of uh, trying to keep up with my schedules. But mm-hmm. yeah, the, the trying to read a book, it helps. Uh, it's it's everything you know in life, but it still reiterates that mm-hmm. you can do, you can make changes. Like Atomic Habit is about sm- making small changes in your habits, mm-hmm. and over time, you will see the change. Mm-hmm. Like it, nothing happens over overnight. And we all know that, right? But we still expect things to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. But when you read a book, it, it feels reassuring that, okay, yes, 
what I knew or what I thought is still mm-hmm. true. And then they give examples and these are well-written books. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hel- helpful. I, I must admit I haven't finished Atomic Habits, but whatever I have read is is still helpful. So yeah, I think going back to reading has been a good good change versus like sleeping with a mobile and mm-hmm. waking up with the mobile. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love reading as well and it's, it's like oh, it yeah. cycles for me. Uh, so there will be like months where I will not watch any Netflix and I will just be reading mm-hmm. and I will get like go through books. And then once I stop, there will be months where <laughs> there is no time to read and I don't touch a book, right? But at least... I think there is a certain part of the year, every year, where I land up reading quite a bit. That's great. Yeah. I mean, as, lo- as long as you're reading. But yeah. yeah, I don't have the time, I think, is an, is an excuse you're giving yourself. Yeah, but no, that's why I said I'm watching Netflix then, yes. right? Because it's about <laughs> prioritizing. Yes. And you got to do everything, right? Like, I haven't, I, I must admit, I haven't watched Stranger Things, right? I think it... it the was, last season was good. Yeah, it was a huge phenomenon. I haven't watched any season at all, right? And there are times I find myself with, with no words to say when everybody's discussing Stranger Things. So, yes, Netflix is important. Staying, staying on top of things is important. And there are times, like... Stranger Things is one. Game of Thrones is the other. You know, I watch Game of Thrones. I have not watched Game of Thrones. Maybe you can finally watch it with your son once. Maybe he's 15, 16 and of the age to be able to watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, there was this other one, the Korean drama, which was like, which made like a super, super duper. There's so many of them. Crash Landing in New York. No, the... I've watched that one because I'm huge into rom-coms, but there's there's one where there's a game that they play in the movie. Yeah, Squid Games. Squid Games, yes. Yeah. I haven't watched that. I We started watching with me and my son, and I got an email from school saying that kids are not allowed to watch that, so we stopped it. <laughs> yeah, it's always, oh, watch Netflix or read, always, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think it's, I don't know, like, it's, what I don't know what you think, but a lot of, lot of Netflix is based on books. So do you invest time in reading a book or do you invest time in watching someone else's visualization of the book, right? Yeah. I think it works both ways. A lot yeah. of people do audiobooks. I yeah. have not gotten comfortable with audiobooks because I want my voice to read the book versus someone else's voice to read the book. Yeah. But audiobooks are great for driving and yeah. and reading. I don't do audiobooks, but I do a lot of podcasts. And that's the reason why I started yeah. a podcast as well. So, yeah, I must admit, I've never heard a podcast. And this is the first time you've roped me into doing a podcast. So I'm really nervous about yeah. it. Really, really nervous. I don't know what a podcast looks like. It, no, you don't have to be. And you were not at all nervous today. You drive. and Yeah, I think driving and having something to do is great. But... Yeah. My commute is not that great, not that big. So it's, I don't know, it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's, I think it's a great thing. It's a great my, thing. Yeah, I think it's a great thing. I should not complain and I should not zinx it. Yeah. But yes, I have a short commute. I don't get to read much and I drive myself. So mm-hmm. I, I either have to do audiobooks. But yeah, I just use that time to listen to music. In the Bay Area, we have two, two stations that play Hindi music. Mm-hmm. So I flip between the Hindi channel and one of one of the... One of the, I think, the 60s, 70s, mm. 80s music channel. So mm-hmm. that's what keeps my commute. Okay. About that question. And you know what? There's there's lots of people to look up to. I am not up to date on the, the Nepal scene. But one, one thing I've realized over time is every time I see someone work really hard, I, I feel like 
I feel like they need to be respected. And we were we were talking about working women and stuff like that. So I'm going to give you a weird answer. I think the working woman phenomenon started with, with farming, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's one place where both the men and women work equally. I think they both do a lot of work mm-hmm. in the farm. And maybe you should you should get I don't know if you get English speaking farmer woman, but mm. you should get someone who's like not a well known person in the industry or in the world, but someone who is a working person and does like a really really tough job. Yeah, I actually have someone on my list. Um, I mean I don't think she's on ground business. Yeah, hoping to get her soon. Yeah. Yeah, and the world needs a lot of green green stuff, right? Yeah. Well done, green stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Dipshika, for being on the show today. I hope you enjoyed it. How was your experience? Thank you so much for having me on the show. I I have to listen to the podcast myself to let you know more what my experience was. My typical tendency is do it and forget about it because mm-hmm. my task is done after the show, right? It's you and you have to promote your show and get mm-hmm. people to listen to it. But yes, it's been a pleasure being on the show. Thanks for making me do it. It's an experience. I must tell you, the last time I was in front of a mic was in Japan where I was a guest speaker on a radio network. And apparently I was so hilarious that they almost offered me a full-time position. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's bringing back those memories. I didn't take it of course. I was yeah. a PhD student. I had so much work to do and finish all of that, but yeah, it's bringing back those memories with with this well set well maintained setup that you have here. I'm glad that I could do that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and wish you all the best for the upcoming episodes of your show. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show this week. New episodes are out every Tuesday. Follow our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify and all other major podcast platforms. Do provide us with a rating on the platform you are listening on as it helps us reach more people. If you want to reach out to me, I'm available at Saloni Sethia on Instagram and LinkedIn. I'm Saloni and you've been listening to Unheard with Saloni.